XY Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zweig Group team looks forward to welcoming you. Welcome to the Zweig Letter Podcast, putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting advice and guidance in your ear. Zweig Group's team of experts have spent more than three decades elevating the industry by helping AEP and environmental consulting firms thrive. And these podcasts deliver invaluable management, industry, client, marketing, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts, elevating the design industry one episode at a time. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited to be with you today. Man, I got to say, the last few episodes have been monumental. I mean, all the episodes are great, right? But this, these last few have been monumental. We've had some amazing guests. We had uh, James Garrett, uh, a outstanding architect from St. Paul, Minnesota, on the show a couple of weeks ago. And today, we have gotten... As somebody on the show that uh, I first read about, I'd heard about her through some friends. I read about her in a Zweig Letter article that was featured, where she was featured, uh, just talking about her experiences as a design professional and more importantly, as a as a uh, black or brown design professional in this space here in the United States of America. And so without further ado, I'd like to welcome LaShawn Stewart-Baylor to Hi. the podcast. Hey, hey, LaShawn, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Randy? Good, good, good. So now you're Thanks the president. Oh, it's, I'm glad to have you. I, I, this was, uh, I was looking forward to this from the moment that we booked it. So I appreciate you coming on the podcast and, and us getting a chance to share with you. Um, I'd love for you to tell the audience a little bit about yourself and, and about your role there at ICMS, which is the abbreviation for um, Integrated CM Solutions. So. Okay. So um, yeah, um, thanks for having me again. I really appreciate this opportunity. This is my first time, like I told you earlier, doing a podcast. So, um, you know, I, I feel so uh, up to date, you know, I feel, <laughs> I feel so hip, you know. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You can tell your kids you've been on a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I can, I can, which is awesome. But um, yeah, so my name is LaShawn Stewart-Baylor. Um, I um, am the owner uh, of Integrated CM Solutions. I started in the industry uh, almost uh, about 17 plus years ago um, as a communications coordinator for a a small um, contractor. And that's where I first fell in love with um, the industry. Um, You know, it's kind of like one of those things where you just find your people. You know, um, I had no idea anything about the AEC industry. I didn't know anything about it at all. Um, I was a, a, a single mom just finishing college, um, um, much younger, obviously, and uh, looking for a really a good opportunity. And so I, um, I applied for a position with this firm. Not, I, I looked at the qualifications. I said, well, I can do that. I mean, I haven't done it in this industry, but I can certainly do marketing, which is what my, my uh, um, degree is in, um, communications and marketing. And so... Um, um, then I, I got in the industry and fell in love immediately. Um, I, I did that. I worked for that firm in the marketing as marketing, uh, you know, department for a few years and then um, got recruited by a program management firm 
And um, that's really, really where I felt like, you know, I was where I needed to be. And it's really, truly a blessing to have that feeling, you know, as an adult where you like really find your path. I'm not an engineer or a, a CM or, um, you know, any technical, I don't have any technical background in any of those areas. Um, but in the marketing and business development world, that's where, that's my jam. And so um, I worked for that firm for, for uh, quite a few years, um, helped build it up to, um, you know, where, you know, I can really say I'm really proud of everyone that's there and how, you know, their growth that they've, that they've maintained and, and, and even exceeded since I've been gone. Um, and then when it was time uh, for us to part ways, the company actually decided to do a restructure and, um, you know, I was faced with the decision of whether I was going to go and work for another firm or if I was going to do my own thing and um, um, had a couple conversations um, with a couple of colleagues, um, spoke with a lot of my friends, quote unquote, in the industry owners, you know, I actually sat down with owners, you know, from different agencies, uh, municipalities in the city um, and said, what do you think, you know, um, about me doing this and they all said why did it take you so long and um and then you know um spoke with some really close um you know colleagues of mine and uh, um, one of which decided hey if you do it i'll come with you and um the rest is history so we'll be five years old uh, we'll, we're five years old this month and um you know it's just been it's been a whirlwind it's like literally drinking out of a fire hose you know <laughs> like with your hair on fire at the same time i mean right. you know i i you know I, I just i love this industry and um i'm just i'm just glad that i'm able to do what i love every day yeah i love that 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 is really um i i just that story it really resonates with me on a, on a number of levels the least of which is that you're you're a woman you're a black woman and you are, traditionally have gone into a space that not many women, women or men of color have gone into and had a, a lot of success. I mean, there are some successful um, uh, construction firms, uh, construction management firms around the country. Obviously, there's successful architectural firms, successful black engineering firms. But I mean, what you're doing in a marketplace, and I had mentioned that before because you're down in San Antonio, I think what you're doing certainly should be applauded uh, Thank but, you. But but I mean, again, I, I, I can tell just by our, our conversation prior to starting this podcast that you're not letting any grass grow under your feet and you're not resting on your laurels. You've got big plans for what you hope to do in the future. So I kind of wanted to unpack this a little bit. At what okay. point did you before you started ICMS, at what point did you really understand in your mind that you could make that you could connect the dots and make that connection to move over and start your own company? I mean, even with those conversations with some of those owner and owner reps, even the conversations with some of your peers within the current firm that you worked at the, at the time, where, where did you get at, at, at some point something in you said, you know what, I could actually do this on a larger scale. Was it that you were in a meeting at one point in time and you looked around the table and you said, hey, I can hang with these people or I mean, what what was the genesis of that? You know, it really there really it wasn't one thing. It was kind of, um, you know, a variation of just divine intervention. It was like, you know, literally driving down the street one day saying, you know, and this was the first time it actually came to my mind. I was like, you know, if I really had a really good, solid, you know, PM that would be willing to take a chance on me, you know, I wonder if I could really give this a go. And then I kid you not, three days later, if that, I get a phone call from my colleague that said, hey, you know, are you thinking about, you know, doing something on your own? Because, I mean, it was things like that. It was like, you know, so then, you know, we have the conversation and I say, okay, you know, I, I'll, I'll dibble because I actually was um, doing some consulting in between for smaller firms, um, uh, uh, minority firms. I was, you know, consultant for about a year in helping them build, you know, capacity here in San Antonio and even in Dallas. I had a really nice client in Dallas that I worked for. And, um, you know, during that time, I was like, I'm here I am you know, helping these firms, you know, grow their business based off of my Rolodex, based off of my contacts, my relationships, my, you know, you know, why, 
can't I, you know, put this together and do it on my own? Um, you know, I was also, you know, nervous about the back end of things. You know, there's so many things I literally learned every single day about running a business that you don't even think about. I mean, the, from an accounting standpoint or, you know, a, a HR, I mean, it's just so many levels that you just don't think about. But I wasn't even really thinking about those things. I was just thinking, do I want to make somebody else successful or do I want to do it, you know, my way, you know, for me, you know? And so, um, like I said, it was a small little things that were like divine intervention. So when I first decided to do it, I hadn't really done much at, at all. I didn't have a contract or anything like that. It was just kind of like beginning stages of everything. And I'm like, oh, you know, we'll see how this goes. If I get a con, I kept telling myself, if I get a contract, you know, within, you know, a couple months or whatever, then maybe I'll, you know, really, really go for it. You know, I'll get, I gave myself a time frame. And then I'm literally at this random event in, in Austin and um, with a client of mine that I was consulting with. And we just so happened to be meeting at this one specific place, which was like the lobby of a hotel because he was doing a conference there. And um, the same conference, there was an old colleague of mine or a friend of mine that was there who was a superintendent of a school district. And he just happened to be walking through the lobby. I hadn't seen him in years. And, um, you know, we said, hi, you know, oh my gosh, it's been forever. And he asked me, hey, are you still doing program management? And I said, well, matter of fact, and, you know, mind you, I just started my, I mean, I just got my secretary of state paperwork like three mm-hmm. minutes before that. <laughs> and um, he goes, because I have, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I need to hire a program manager. I need to figure this out. I need this, I need that. I'm already far down on the process, but I don't understand how to negotiate the contract. I don't understand any of this. Can you help me? I mean, this guy is just running into me in, in the lobby. And the, the, you know, basically I said, absolutely. When can we meet? And you know, the, the ball gets rolling and, you know, I, I kid you not, I tell people this all the time. I drove around with a check for like $25,000 in my wallet for three weeks. Cause I didn't have a bank account. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a business bank account yet. I was waiting on some paperwork. Wow. So I couldn't do it. You know, it was like things like that. And it just kind of happened so fast that I really kind of just didn't have a choice. I felt like God was telling me, Hey, I'm going to, you're going to be okay. You know, right. just, just, you know, just ride this wave. And so that's what I've been doing. I've literally been riding the wave. Man, I, listen, I have, I have literally have goosebumps listening to that story <laughs> because that means, that means a lot. And I'm sure the listeners can appreciate it. I think a lot of people struggle with that. Um, it, what's, what's the best way to describe it? It's the, um, oh man, it's, I, I'm, I'm, uh, the the oh I'm drawing a blank it'll come it'll come back to me in a second okay. but but it's yeah. impo- imposter syndrome because oh. a lot of people struggle with this idea that oh I don't know if I'll be able to you know achieve a certain objective or you know I, I'm, people tend to shirk back when when they really should you know sh- leap forward and you actually yeah. I, I want to applaud you for leaping forward because Thank in that you. in that moment you could have been like I, I don't really I don't think I'm ready for this. $25,000 is a lot of money, but you were like, you know what? I'm going to figure this out. And mm-hmm. that's the reality of business, especially in this country. I mean, that, that's one of the beauty, the, 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 the beautiful things about capitalism, about starting your own business is that a lot of things are, as Marie For- Forleo says, are figure outable. Some things you, yeah. some things you'll know, and then there are other, other things you'll be like, you know what? I'll, I'll get the rest of this, but I'll figure but, it out. Yeah. yeah. In the meantime, been yeah. In the meantime, I'm, even if I have to ride around with this check in my wallet for three weeks, I'll, I'll get it all worked out. And you There's did. An answer. There's yeah. an answer to it all. You just have to find it. And if you don't know it, somebody else does. And you, there's people in your circle, even if they're not, they're not, it's not what they do is not germane to what you do specifically. They could still help you with an answer to whatever it is that you have, you know, going on, you know, just use your resources, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. No, it it is. You're absolutely right. And like I said, I mean, I just, that story really resonates with me and I'm sure somebody listening is, it's going to resonate with them because they've just, a lot of times you just have to go out and make something happen. And and the the important thing here too, which I don't want to lose sight of is relationships are everything, especially in the design industry. They are everything. That only came about because of a relationship you had. That's it. 
it, that's that it. Would, and it that, that's happened. the way it's been the whole time. It's relationship. This is a relationship industry, you know, and I'm, I'm sure every industry is relationship, you know, um, when, when you, when you're, you know, doing what we do, professional services. I mean, we're not counting widgets, but even widgets are competitive. You know what right. I mean? Right. I mean, <laughs> you have to be able to, um, it's, it, it, well, somebody told me this a long time ago. They said, it's, it's not about who you know, it's who knows you. Right. Exactly. It, it, it really is. You can say, I know everybody on the planet, but if they don't know you, mm-hmm. then they don't want to work with you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that 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 goes without saying. And I tell, you know, we do I do some um project management training um classes with Zweig and I've done them for years and I've even even the Principals Academy that I've had a chance to do and I mean Zweig group offers a ton of you know, training programs, professional development pro- programs to help design professionals become better. But one of the things that I've always reminded people when I do these trainings is that friends don't fire friends. No, if you have a relationship, you know, a lot of times what I run into when I talk to a client that has eventually that has lost a client, it's because it was a transactional relationship Mm -hmm. and not Mm -hmm. not a real relationship. Yeah. And so that's and I I would I would imagine to say I'm going to jump out on a limb here, but to say that that particular individual that you connected with that first quote unquote client, if you will, they've probably done other work with you since then. Yeah, we continued on throughout, you know, the, the program and he's actually since left uh, that district and, you know, we're hoping to do some, you know, work in, in the future. We definitely have, you know, kept in touch and, and all those things. But I will tell you this, you say friends don't fire friends, but when you start your business, you are not always going to do business with your friends. You know, right, right. that was that was a fluke and it was great, but the majority of the clients that I work with now, the majority of them I've never worked with in the past. Yeah, yeah. Well, and what I meant by that was just the idea, because, and this is, this yeah. is I, I should have explained, expanded on it. This is the <laughs> idea is that when I say friends don't fire friends, meaning that when you do start working with a client, you really need to build a relationship with them. Yeah. You do need While to become yeah. their friend. I mean, it, ha- it, it has to has to happen. It has to happen. They have to be able to trust you. And you also have to, because like with us, you know, we're only as good as our PMs or our inspectors or whoever's on the job with the client every day. And that person has to have enough wherewithal and personality to gain uh, their own relationship with the client, because that's who they're actually going to trust with their project. So if I send Joe Schmo out there and he, you know, he or she doesn't know how to open their mouth and, and, and ask a client a question or, or be confident enough to, to give them an answer that with their ask to build that rapport, to build that respect. And what, what am I doing? You know, yeah. you know, yeah, it's so. huge. Well, you know, I'd love for you just to, uh, cause I always like to try to define things, but give your quick definition of what program management is from your perspective in terms of what you do and kind of like the scope <clears throat> Of, of your area of expertise. Okay. So I always tell people, you know, a lay person, I'm like, you know, program management is kind of the corporate side for lack of a better term of construction. You know, mm-hmm. it's the side that, that it's behind the scenes. Um, most of it, you know, um, is behind the scenes dealing with, you know, the financial aspect of the project or program. Um, we use the term program because it's more than one project. It's on a larger scale. Typically, you know, it's, I mean, we've seen them, you know, uh, you people utilize program management for smaller uh, projects, but typically it's for larger amounts of, of funding, $100 million plus, you know, uh, mm-hmm. type funding sources. Um, and, and so we handle the, the project management, the overall program management, um, scheduling, document management, document controls, project controls when it, when it comes to you know, um, budgeting uh, for the project, keeping up, you know, with the ins and outs of all of that, all the paperwork, documentation. Um, and then um, on the construction side, we do construction management, which includes um, full construction management of a project, management of the contractor, um, of the process of construction, um, an actual construction inspection where you have someone on the field, in the field, an expert in the field, uh, watching activities every single day and reporting those activities. Um, 
And so it's a wide range of things, but it's a very niche, um, you know, market and, and, and we, you know, cover everything um, uh, under that, ca under the program management category. So there are some firms out there that won't offer like cost estimating, mm -hmm. you know, for their clients. And we do offer that. We actually have a, a you know, a, a really um, large, you know, kind of following, you know, in the industry for our cost estimating efforts that we've done on aviation projects and, and all that, you know, we, we do offer that. We offer pretty much everything under that umbrella, value engineering for projects. Um, so, it, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a project management-based um, tool that's utilized by owners, typically municipalities, mm -hmm. that don't have the, the capacity within their facilities department to do it. And, and they often augment their staff or their resources with a firm like mine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I, I appreciate that. And I think that mm -hmm. that gives a nice little a, a, a better understanding of, of what program management is, especially in your space. So so you you are working. Are you working beyond the confines of the great city in 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 the county of San Antonio? Uh, how, how, how much do you cover? How much of Texas are you in? So um, we're in Austin um, and we work with uh, the city of Austin uh, on a couple of, um, of their projects and also um, working with the airport, uh, uh, the Austin, the Berkstrom, Austin Bergstrom airport mm -hmm. um, on, um, they have a huge, you know, capital improvements uh, program there. That's just, you know, crazy big and they have lots yeah. of consultants and we just happen to be one of them. Uh, as a sub consultant um, on those on those projects, um, and then um, we uh, do work in Dallas as well. Um, City of Dallas, um, we ha um, have done some work for them, and um, we've worked in a school district in that area as well. Um, we've worked in El Paso. We worked um, on a four hundred thirty million dollar school bond program in El Paso um, and uh, just recently wrapped that up at the beginning of this year. Um, and then um, we um, also work with the city of Shreveport. Um, we have a, an IDIQ contract with um, some uh, their airport there. So we have an office in Shreveport, uh, Louisiana, um, which I'm really proud of. My husband's actually from there. And okay. I actually, I, I went in there on my own. I didn't use any, any of my resources there. Right, right, it was right. pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's cool that it, it, the way it happened. And and so we're really excited about it because Shreveport, you know, um, reminds me a lot of San Antonio back mm -hmm. years ago where it mm -hmm. had so much potential and, you know, not a lot of people really wanted to take the time and effort to work there. And, and I'm like, all I got is time, you know, yeah. I'm just one of those, you know, that's just how I feel. So, you know, I really like working in areas like that where there's just a lot of growth potential, a lot of, you know, opportunity and, and you know, all you need is patience, you know. So, so yeah. So Texas and, and Louisiana right now, I mean, we, we, you know, the goal is to get, you know, nationwide. I mean, to yeah. be honest with you, it's, it's not like a written goal. It's not on my five-year plan or whatever. But, I mean, I would love to work in other areas um, and, you know, I'm willing to do that, you know. Um, you know, as time progresses. So what you're saying to me is that if the Port Authority of New York, New Jersey reached out to you, you would not say no to them. <laughs> I would not say no to them at all. No, in fact, I awesome. have someone that has worked for the Port that works for me now. Oh, good, so. good, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, they, that... they give them a really good, I give them a really good resume. <laughs> okay, awesome, awesome. I love that. I love that. So, well, yeah. that's good. So, so now tell me, I'd love just to kind of get your thoughts about how this whole COVID-19 coronavirus has impacted you. I mean, we are in, as 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 of the date of this recording, we're still in the midst of it. Um, there are concerns about schools opening back up. The state, the state that you live in, the, the great Republic of Texas is really being challenged and vexed by by COVID-19. And, and certainly I'm praying for our whole country. I'm praying for the world, really, because this is a real issue, whether you, you know, whether you're on the I don't want to wear a mask side or I wear a mask side. I don't care where you stand. The bottom line is people, unfortunately, are dying. And I don't want to be a killjoy, yes. but yeah. it is the reality of where we are. Yes. How are you guys managing this pandemic? Well, I will say yes, we are in a hot spot right now. San Antonio has been it's it's been a, a real big challenge. You know, um, the the mayor who happens to be a really good friend of mine has done a, an excellent job 
uh, from the very beginning, trying to keep, um, you know, the city safe as possible. And, and, and we seem to have been, you know, following those rules as a, as a community um, in the beginning. And then, you know, we opened back up, the state opened back up, um, you know, there was, you know, uh, that was out of everybody's hands. I mean, it's, it was up to the governor and they opened it back up and then people kind of go haywire. I mean, we are, you know, in Texas, the weather is great. Every, yeah. You know, most people are very outdoorsy. You know, we, we like to go to the, to the beach. It's two hours away. The lake is 45 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. the river, you know, where my, you know, my daughter, you know, went to college, you know, right up the street. So they stayed on the river all the time, you know, I mean, they just do that kind of stuff. And so right, it, right. that picked up and, and caused this havoc that's happening now where, you know, you're having to scale back. Um, we are, we're, we're, we're doing the best that we can to handle it. We did have a couple of clients that slowed down considerably. One mm-hmm. came to a screeching halt and that, that was painful, you know, for us. And that it happened early on and, you know, it was, it was very scary and, um, it was, you know, it, it hurt, you know, but, but, but I feel like, you know, it wasn't something that I wasn't already used to. I say, right. you know, you read the bio, you see, we've done a lot of construct, but there's been a lot of, <laughs> you know, a lot of, you know, hurry up and wait. So a lot of NTPs that haven't even, you know, hit or, you know, different things. You start a project and you don't have, you know, you don't get paid for six, you know, six months, you know, because of whatever issues. And so it's things that I was already kind of dealing with. So uh, from that aspect, it hasn't, you know, um, it hasn't been as challenging, I guess, for me, because I was already used to having those issues. I think for bigger firms that were like, you know, I mean, expanding, and I mean, it was just a really good market for, you know, a good couple of years. And we can all, you know, um, argue how that happened. But a lot of us, a lot of us already understand how that was even possible. So we were all just, you know, like, relishing in the fruits of that labor, you know, for a while. But I will tell you that because I am a small and a new business, I work my butt off business (laughs) development wise every single year. And, And so because of that, you know, hard work that happened two years ago, you know, you know, there's projects that are beginning now that were, that helped us kind of get through some of those things. Yeah. Um, with regard to the health issue, you know, it's scary. You know, I've got staff out in the field. Luckily, they're all kind of, you know, they're already distanced anyway. So that's mm-hmm. helpful. But then I have staff that, you know, work behind the scenes in the office, in, you know, in the project offices. And, and you know, they have been, clients have been really good about, you know, hey, we're going to do at home for a while, you know, work from home. And then you know, we'll figure it out as we go. So that's been helpful. It, it gives me peace of mind. I feel terrible knowing that someone's spouse is sitting at home watching their spouse leave every single day, going to an office, especially during the, the, the really, really deep parts of, you know, the shutdown. That was rough. But, you know, I keep my staff um, equipped, equipped, you know, equipped with, you know, the PPE that they need. You right. know, you know we, we started kind of like a monthly, we're sending out, um, uh, hand sanitizer, masks, you know, wipes and those types, just so they can have them, even if they're working from home or if they have to go out to the field or whatever, even though the project sites are providing those things, it's still important me as an employer to try to protect my employees as best as possible. Absolutely. So, so how, how many, um, employees do you have currently? Um, we're, we're at uh, 12 now. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, we, I mean, I know you, the type of company that you are, you, you run really kind of lean. You don't need a, like a, a thousand people. So no, no, we hire per project. I mean, sure. obviously the goal, you know, would be the long, the, the, the more projects you gain, the more staff that you obtain. But in the last five years, I mean, that's, you know, it's a pretty significant number. I'm not going to yeah. lie. <laughs> right. 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 You know, for, for, for a small firm like mine, it definitely is. And, and it, it's exciting though, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm but sure I'm sure it hasn't been lost on you that, you know, you, you're responsible for 11 other people, right. Or 12 other people, including yourself. So, I mean, yeah. that, that, that certainly puts a little bit of pressure on you, but it's not, it's not any pressure that I don't think any business owner has when, when it comes to making sure that they're taking the best care that they can for their employees. So, 
Yeah, absolutely. We have most people working from home. I myself and, and I have an admin working with me in the office, but everyone else is appointment only. You know, so we're, you know, we're really not allowing a lot of traffic, you know, into the office, into the building um, and, and kind of staggering hours, you know, so, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then, you know, and then doing like Tuesday, Thursday from home, you know, just trying to keep the, you know, keep the interaction with the hustle and bustle of people coming in the office, out of the office, as far as the building is concerned, you know, just trying to watch all those P's and Q's. But yes, you are essentially in charge of, you know, 11 other people's livelihoods, you know, their lifestyles, their, you know, all of those things, you know, right on your shoulders. And especially in my, uh, in our industry or with PM, I mean, we're talking, you know, high level professionals because they're, you know, program managers mm-hmm. or construction managers. And, you know, so, you know, their jobs are, you know, to manage, you know, $65 million, you know, it's just a lot, you know, it's a lot to, at stake, you know, so. Absolutely. And there's yeah. time involved. I mean, there's all kinds of uh, things that apply to that. So. Um, yeah. You get real, you get real savvy with zoom and, you know, WebEx. I mean, we're on a zoom call now, but every meeting right. is, every meeting is a zoom call now, you know, you could do it on your phone, you could do it on your computer. So it doesn't matter. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. So, so tell me, because I, I did, I, this was the other thing that I really wanted to talk with you about, and I'd love to get your take on the state of affairs when it comes to, to minorities in the design industry. And, and of course, the conversation's coming up now more than ever before because of Black Lives Matter, because of mm-hmm. uh, George Floyd, uh, mm-hmm. because of, unfortunately, uh, some of the deaths that we've been experiencing at the hands of uh, in some instances, the police office, uh, police um, departments. And I don't want to get into a political discussion, but I think right. what's helpful, though, from your perspective as a Black woman, uh, I'd love to just get your thoughts about where you see this industry headed with, you know, on the on the on the backs of, if you will, this social awareness and social movement that is taking place right before our very eyes. Um, because yeah. as, as I told you before, when we got on this call, that I've been around this industry since 97, and this mm. is really the first time that I've seen the type of clarion, clarion call that I've seen for change uh, in, a, in every vertical, in every industry, but especially the design industry. So from your perspective, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I see, um, okay, so yeah, so let's, you know, without getting super political, we, we all know what's going on, you right. know, we all know um, what's gone on for mm-hmm. centuries, you mm-hmm. know, those of us that have experienced it, that have lived it, that, you know, Black community, we know that none of this is new. Um, we also fully recognize the fact that, you know, a lot of it being televised and, you know, social media has had a big impact on the awareness that's Mm -hmm. happening right now. Um, the difference I think this time is, you know, whether or not people want to admit it, but the, the pandemic actually sat a lot of people down where they, they, more people were paying attention to things that were going on (laughs) social media and news wise. So that so more people were able to actually watch that eight minutes and forty seven seconds of a man's life, and you literally saw the you know the breath his last, him take his last breath. I mean, more people saw that than would have had we not been sitting home together. You know, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, Industry wise, um, you know, let me start by saying I personally have had some phone calls and emails come from you know. Some of my white colleagues, you know, that I haven't spoken to, quite frankly, in a long time. And, and you know, um, just to kind of reach out to me to say, yeah. hey, you know, explain, explain to me what's going on. I, I really want, you know, it, because they were afraid to ask somebody else. You know, mm-hmm. they one of them actually said, hey, you know, I trust that you won't judge me if I'm asking you this. But can you please just enlighten me on what is happening? And, you know, I, I, let, I gave him my my input or whatever and experiences that I've, I've had. And, and then it was like, Oh, okay, I get it. You know, it's not just criminals quote unquote or whatever that these things right. happen to. They happen to your everyday average, you know, person driving down the street, you know, we yeah. call it driving while black. It's just right. one of the things. Yeah. Anyway. So industry related, I think that it is, um, 
I think it's helpful for, for, for African-American owned uh, companies to have, um, you know, I guess sort of a spotlight shining on the fact that there's been a lot of inequalities and it's, and I think it's also um, a good opportunity for um, some teaching uh, modules to happen within our industry, which is why some of the things I said in the previous interview about, you know, teaming relationships and, right. and, 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 you know, privileged conversations that, that happen on a daily basis, you know, um, that's happened to me, that happens to everybody. It's like, Hey, I need to fill this 1%. Can you throw me a resume? You know, right. and I may or may not call you if I win, you know, and, and it's like, okay, um, sure. You know what I mean? Like I'll yeah. help you out, but you know, it's stuff like that. And it's, it's not saying, I'm not saying those things because I'm not grateful because it was those calls that kept us alive, mm -hmm. you know, in times where we were, you know, we, we didn't know what tomorrow was going to bring. So the right. low hanging fruit calls, I'll take them all day. You know, some firms won't, but I will, because at the end of the day, you know, I'm not going to turn away an opportunity that just because somebody else did, you know, I'm going to take a look at it and see, you know, if it's something that we can do and we'll offer our help. Um, but I think that, um, that because there are disparity studies, because there is requirements and because I work in a, um, in an area of all municipalities. So we only predominantly work for, you know, cities and counties and things mm -hmm. like that. We don't do private work. Um, um, so because there are disparity studies and numbers, firms like mine have been able to survive in the industry but at what point in time is that not what gives us the breath of life you know at what point in time are we not being able to compete are we going to be able to compete at a level where we can be you know a household name within the right. city or the county i work in a city or i have a, a you know my corporate office is in san antonio and we're seven percent african-american that's it yeah you know seven percent it's the largest our seventh largest city in the country, we have 7% African-Americans. Right. When you put that on a scale of how many African-American firms in, in our industry, I can literally name them on half of a hand. Yeah. There's literally four black firms in San Antonio. You know what I mean? Right. That, and, and three of which, two, myself and one other firm, that's all we do. And then one that does a little bit more. And then you got a you know an engineering firm and maybe another one here or there that you know there might be five or six you know I could be probably you know um, exaggerating a little bit on the number but it's not a lot you know mm -hmm. and so why do we because there's only five or six of us why are we competing for this for one percent on one team yeah when we're all qualified to do something. You know what I mean? So, I, you know, as a, as a large firm, I'm going to call so-and-so to fill this African-American, you know, quota, even though I know that they can offer these other services, but I'm only going to call them for this 1%, right. you know, versus, hey, let's sit, let's sit down and talk, you know, about this, this pursuit, you know, what can y'all offer us? What, you know, what do you have? And that's the type of thing that needs to happen more often and hopefully that this opportunity that, you know, myself has been given and other people, you know, um, my other African-American colleagues and business owners in our industry have been able to, to, to convey, give us an opportunity and don't just look at the percentage that we're, we're filling for you, yeah. you know? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I mean, man, you said, you said a lot there. And I think the important thing is that it's not so much that, and I, and I guess the easiest way to distill down what you're saying, and, and I've heard it, it's been said for years in different verticals, different industries. All you're asking for is a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. Getting scraps, and I'm not saying that 1% is not good, but just getting the scraps is cool. But, you know, the reality is I think anyone would want a seat at the table and an That's opportunity it. to be objectively reviewed and given an opportunity to 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 really sell themselves and what they're truly mm -hmm. capable of doing. Yeah. And I I think I think again, 
I, I'm, it's my assessment is that we're at a place now where that there may be more opportunities for that to happen. More companies are going to start to say, you know what, we need to, you know, give where, where's where's LaShawn? You know, LaShawn, she's got a firm. Give her a call. We, we let, Let's get her down here. We want her in this meeting because we really want to see what they could bring to the table. I would love that. Yeah, I would and, love that. And, and I have that with with uh, with certain there's certain firms out there that I do have that relationship where where. I, you know, but they trust me to say, I say, Hey, you know, I know this client, you know, I know them, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Why am I not in your, in your strategic, <laughs> your strategy meeting for this, you know, pursuit? Why am I not there when I break bread with this person? They right. were my friend for 15 years or whatever, yeah. you know? And, and, and so I just don't think that, I think that, that there's, that there, there's a lot of firms missing out by not utilizing firms like mine to, to support them. They're missing out on talent. There's so much talent yeah. that, 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 that we have to offer um, that, that, that are not being recognized because, you know, they just don't, I, I'm going to say this and then I'm, we can move on to whatever point you have moving <laughs> forward. But I literally sat across the table from a friend of mine whom I've been friends with for many, many years. Yeah. And, you know, uh, family's friends, you know what I mean? And was told that they had worked with other firms and ended up having to write a check because they couldn't do the work. Yeah. Didn't say other black firms, but I knew what that meant. Right, right. Because I'm like, well, what does that have to do with me? Right. <laughs> you, <laughs> You need, well, you, you need everybody gets everybody gets cast in the same group right and that's and that's the thing i mean and that that's a mistake that people sometimes make is they mm-hmm. overgeneralize or over say well everybody if if one person does this then everybody does it because of course but we if, don't but we don't do that to other people you know what i'm saying yeah no no absolutely <laughs> we don't we don't do it you're you're absolutely right we don't do it and and just for anybody listening that that is not of a black and brown complexion the understanding is that a lot of times and, and even we we meaning myself and anybody that that runs a business and that works with other people that look like us and and you know we're constantly encouraging each other hey bring your bet bring your a game at all times because mm-hmm. if you don't bring your a game then it actually impacts all of us whether we Everybody. Wrong. And it's everybody. It's, it's, and it's just the reality. Right. And and mm-hmm. so you have no you have, almost have no control over how you're viewed by a, a dominant um, None. firm because of an interaction that they had with another firm that may just be less than or, or not even up to your standard. It's and, co- it's, a, it's a constant uh, uh, job interview. Like even, you know, you might be working with this person for five or six years and yeah. still you're, you're, you, you know, you're being held to the standard that, you know, you, you may one day, you know, fall apart. And it's like, right. Hey, listen, I pay the same amount of insurance, you know, fees that y'all pay right? Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. to work on this job. What are you talking yeah. about? I'm doing everything you're doing, you know? So. Yeah. Instead of saying, are you ready to get to work? It's like, what have you done for me lately? And that's happened to me too. That's happened yeah. to me too, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's a reality. It is, and I do. But I, I do. will. But I will say there are some wonderful, wonderful firms out there with some great people that work for them that don't have this big business mentality. They do want a team. They do trust you. They do want to work with you, and that has been the saving grace, which I am forever, forever in debt for because some folks have given me an opportunity that you know I probably didn't deserve, but I was mm-hmm. able to fulfill. And that is, that's, that's been a blessing. Yeah, no, that's huge. And and I don't, I don't want anybody to get it twisted. That's listening to this podcast that nobody is sitting complaining about this. situation. No. We're just, uh, we're, we are illuminating the, the environment through which LaShawn and so many others have to operate in uh, on a daily basis. And sometimes yeah. we just don't understand it. And it's so funny because I was talking to my wife earlier and she was saying, you know, throughout this whole situation that we're going through with this whole social awareness, the real question that we need to have, and, and it's not so much a question, it's more of an ability for us to just actively listen and hear what other people are dealing with. Actively before, listen. 
before we are quick to comment. Because that, that's how it is. You know, you go on Facebook and right away somebody says something cross and you're like ready to respond. And it's supposed, as, instead of doing that, it's so much better to just have a conversation and understand where a person's coming from and then have an intelligent response as, as opposed yes. to allowing your emotions to rule the day. And that that's, I mean, yeah. that's unfortunately where we are. Because we see well, that we, in, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, and also have, you know, uh, enough compassion to say, okay, there are some people that are really trying, you know, yeah. like, as opposed to thinking, oh, well, you know, you're just saying that because of right now. No, there really are some people that really are going back to their offices and having <clears throat> conversations with their white colleagues. There might not be a lot, but yeah. that's what I tell my friends that ask me questions. I'm like, it's okay to ask me, but what I need you to do is to go back to your bubble at the office where there's nobody like me. It's just people that look like you. And you need to say, hey, listen, I reached out to LaShawn and this is what she's saying. And, and, and so let's talk about that, you know, yeah. amongst each other. And let's decide how we're going to, to, to change her perspective on how we do business yep. or how we should be moving forward. And that's what needs to happen in order to, to, for we, so we are, and then as, as, as a black female, I need to accept the fact that this person is trying to do that. Okay. And that's what I try to do every single day, you know? Um, so. Yeah, no. Yeah. And you, you said it, that's it. You said it, you said a mouthful there. I mean, that, that is exactly what people are asking. Nobody wants a handout. Nobody's ever suggesting that, but it's just, we just want to level the playing field. Yeah. Uh, and, and in some instances it, it's getting level more level than it was before. In other instances, it's still crooked and we want it. We just want to correct that. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I appreciate that insight. So, so where, where do you see, and, and as we kind of wrap this up, where do you, cause I could talk to you all day because you're just yeah. really, really interesting here, but, but Thanks. where do you see the industry headed, not just with the social implications that we just talked about, but just where do you see the in- industry headed in general? I mean, cause you, you have it, you have a perspective from a public, a public works mm-hmm. perspective, but where do you see things? I mean, are you hopeful for the next, you know, 18, 24, 36 months in San Antonio and beyond or? Um, yeah, I am. I think we're going to feel the biggest impact next year um, based off of whatever everybody comes out with, with their budgets, you know, it's in October uh, timeframe. Sure. Um, that's where the rubber is going to meet the road, you know, Hey, you know, 2021, you know, I think it's going to be challenging for everybody in the AEC industry because, you know, of what happened this year and potentially the year following. But I think that because we were drinking from a fire hose (laughs) with all the work that was going on over the last couple of years, most of us have, you know, gained a lot of traction enough to build some type of backlog that might help us at least skinny through, you know, uh, next year. And then hopefully, you know, build back up again, because there's so much growth that was happening already. I mean, you know, I tell people that um, don't have any idea of AEC lingo. I, I put it to them in this perspective. If you're driving down the highway and you're surrounded, your little car is surrounded by semi-trucks mm-hmm. on both sides and in the front of, in the back of you. Guess what that means? Goods and services are being moved. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. Constantly. People are like, I'm tired of all these semi-trucks. Well, guess what? A couple <laughs> years ago, there weren't any being yeah. moved. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And then at the same time, if you're driving down the street and you're complaining about construction going on, new highways, new this, that's another thing. That means that things are moving in the right direction. It's right. growth. Right. So if we can get back to that, then or get to a point where that's steadying and moving back up, mm-hmm. then I feel like we, sh- we, we could, you know, we could probably skate past this, but I do see at least a, a you know a year where it's going to be it's going to be tight for yeah. a lot of people. Um, you know, and then in general, I also see um, that there's going to be a lot of diversity. I mean, there's so many really good 
talented folks coming out of, you know, um, some really great HBCUs, a lot of good engineers, a lot of really good, you know, um, construction management programs with, you know, some great, you know, talent. So I'm, I'm praying that this will open opportunities for all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any HBCUs that come to mind in terms of young people that you know, that are coming out of these programs that are fully equipped from that Prairie View. Okay. I've seen, you know, resumes, um, you know, over my career that folks that are, you know, have hired or looked at that have come out of Prairie View A&M, there's a good mm-hmm. construction. I mean, the UTSA is not an HBCU, but they right. do have a great construction management program, mm-hmm. a great engineering program that a lot of folks come out of, um, Brock or Brown. Um, um, and then, you know, you've got um, a couple of schools in Houston, in Houston um, you know, that are doing some great, uh, doing great things. But if I had to name one, I would say Prairie View Prairie A&M is the View. one that yeah. I've seen the most um, talented, you know, yeah. um, CM and engineering candidates come out of. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, lo- I love that. Yeah. I, I tell people all the time. I mean, I w- I'm a Howard man myself. So I, okay. I think that uh, I-, I tell people all the time, you need to, you need to talk. I mean, I graduated with a bunch of phenomenal outstanding architects because we have a really great architectural program. We have a good engineering yeah. program. Yeah. I mean, not, not, not like, I mean, our engineering program is tops, from HBCU perspective, but I think that top engineering program out of all of them is North Carolina A and T, and they have for okay. years. Okay. So, but I mean, these are these are these are schools that, for the most part, when I talk to people around the country and they say, "Well, I can't find any black or brown people," I'm like, "Well, have you gone to Howard? Have you visited North Carolina A and T?" Right. Like, Where's North Carolina A and T? And I mean, I'm just like, "Well, okay, now I got to take you to school and educate." Right. You. But, but the the idea is simply that. H, historically black colleges and universities are have have always historically no pun intended ex, mm-hmm. ex, graduated a lot of top level talent in this space and Absolutely. so so many black or brown people have moved into the manufacturing side or have gone and done other stuff because they haven't been courted by the design yes. industry and yes, so I'm encouraging true. design firms to court these young people because I went to a NSBE, National Society of Black Engineers, mm-hmm. uh, event yeah. down in Mississippi to speak a couple of years ago when I was at Zwei Group. And mm-hmm. I, that's every everybody told me they wanted to go work at Google. They wanted to go work manufacturing. And I said, what about design firms? And they were like, design firms don't even come to our college to visit us or even wow. talk to us about anything. And I'm just like... Well, that's the problem. I mean, they're just not That's the issue. And I have to educate them. I'm like, you don't understand. And I was talking to a bunch of double E's and mechanical engineers and other just really just solid civil engineers. And I'm like, you don't realize that you could write your own ticket. I mean, anybody can, right, in this space. Because Mm -hmm. the the issue with the design industry is is a dirty little secret, which is we are not graduating enough people to supply the needs that most design firms have. Period yeah, it is. The, and that is a dirty little secret. You're right. You're right. There's not enough. I mean, you cannot right now, obviously people are on a hiring freeze, but at the same yeah. time, the, right before this, so three months ago, it, you could not buy somebody to come work for you <laughs> right. because it was, so. you know what I mean? The it block was, was hot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean? Absolutely. And, and so. so, you know, if people knew that, I tell people that all the time, if I only knew when I was in school, going to school for marketing and PR and stuff, I didn't know the AEC industry. Yeah. I had no clue. Yeah. If yeah. someone just came and told me, then I would have, you know, but now I tell, I shout it from the rooftops, you know, yeah. it's like, Hey, this is a whole other place, you know, for, for, for us that are creative that, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just a great, it's a great place to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I, I will continue to say that because I think it is, it's something that needs to be reminded of everyone that's out there looking for great folks. And and I don't care who you are. And, and honestly, just because of the nature of, of how things are kind of closing up from a immigration standpoint, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to bring over any other people that have been traditionally been coming over in the last 10 or 15 years uh, to work. People's work mm-hmm. visas are, are lapsing and expiring and they're not going to be renewed. And it's, it's, yeah. I mean, the design industry is facing a real predicament. So mm-hmm. my advice is simply, let's just continue to cultivate what we have right within the confines of this great nation. And, mm-hmm. and, and then obviously as things loosen up from an immigration standpoint, you'll be able to, you know, continue to bring some more people in, but we just don't have enough. 
2.5 million people in the design industry, 5.5 million on the construction side of things. So we, you know, there's only, there's only 8 million people total in this space. So we, that's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. And they're building everything. Everything, you know, so, and and you know, better than anybody, how hard it is to find good people. So I I think it's, it's just, uh, it's incumbent upon us as an industry to really be, and I'm going to use this word woke about the situation and figure out how we can better prepare ourselves to identify and cultivate great talent, even from an internship perspective. Um, yeah, and and just go from there, and and I'm I'm but I'm but here's the issue. I think the the challenge is is that design industry has been on a high for so long that it's hard to, for me to co- convince somebody that listen, you need to create a feeder out of the whatever uh, whatever university most of your people come out of. Whatever is the largest alumni group in your firm, you need to you should have a direct line to all the professors in your chosen profession so that yep. those people are coming right and nobody does that and i'm just like no. man this you're missing out so right and so yeah well I mean, I, and the other thing is is that is is creating more opportunities for diversity in your c-suite or yes. in your principal suite Absolutely. um and also um you know because like there's firms here that you know you go on their website and look at you know their management and whatever and there's nobody african-american yeah yeah. Or uh, very, very seldom there's any even Hispanic on in that in in that management, uh, you know, site on their website. Yeah. Um, you know, and then one other thing I would say is for 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 larger um, uh, design firms, um, you know, African-Americans um, in in high level positions, they can do more than diversity outreach. Right. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. You know, it, I'm not saying that, that someone shouldn't be in that position that is diverse in their background, but I'm saying they can do other things besides diversity outreach. Right. And one last thing I will say and along those lines is what does your, your human resource department look like? Right. If there's no diversity, then you don't understand, you won't understand what's needed in your, in your firm to help with those um, communication gaps that might be happening within your company. You know, we look at, you know, age gaps and all this stuff and how to, how to deal with millennials and how there's all these, you know, uh, Betty, uh, you know, uh, the boomers and how do you, how do you manage them? How do you manage, but there's no training on how to manage diversity, Yeah. you know? And so those are things that can be added to some of these larger corporations to help them, you know, um, feel better about themselves for the Absolutely. things that they haven't done over the years. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, it. yeah, it's, yeah, we could go down a rabbit hole with this. I mean, yeah, this we is, could. This is, this, is, this is good. This is good for sure. I think some people will, will get some, uh, will get some insight from this. As, as I always like to say, I, I want it. I want, whenever I do a podcast episode, it's as if somebody is just has, is eavesdropping in on the conversation that we would just have <laughs> yeah. over, over the phone. So man, this is, this has been great. Uh, LaShawn, thank, thank you. you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to, to meet with us here on the, the Zweigletter podcast. I appreciate your thoughts and your sentiments that you shared and that great article that was featured in the Zweigletter recently. And we, we will um, be sure to put that in our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to reach out to you that's listening to this, whether they want to reach out to hire you or they just want to reach out to chat with you, what's the best way for somebody to get in contact with you? Um, email. I mean, I'm on my emails all day. So um, <clears throat> LaShawn at integratedcmsolutions.com uh, is my email. And if they you know, want to look at some of the things we've done, our website is www.integratedcmsolutions.com. Uh, but email is probably the best way to reach out to me um, and, um, you know, I'd love to talk to anybody out there that might have something to say, or even wants to team. I'm always looking for an opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, and I'm, I'll be sure to also put your LinkedIn profile on there as well, because that, that has a lot of information that I think people would be really interested in checking out. And so, um, that that's great. Well, I, I appreciate this. I can't, I can't thank you enough for, for thank you so for coming much on the podcast. And, um, this has been absolutely excellent. It was fun.
Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Well, folks, there you have it. Another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited to bring you uh, what I think was a really good conversation. So I hope you are able to take something away from this. If you have any comments, please shoot some comments on our website at thezweigletter.com. You can also, uh, I'll be posting this on LinkedIn and a few other places, but if you if you have any feedback at all on this or any previous episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast, please let us know. Your, your feedback matters to us. And uh, that's all that we have for this week. But I did want to remind you of one other thing. As always, at Zwy Group, uh, our goal is to elevate the industry. And we're trying to elevate the industry in a lot of different ways. And one way that we do that is through uh, our publications, one of which is the Zweig Letter, which has been running continuously uh, as a newsletter in the design industry space for more than three decades. I really want to encourage you to... Um, to, to subscribe to the Zweig Letter. You can get it for free. It'll show up in your inbox as a PDF every Monday morning. There's great information. You can read articles like the one that I referenced with LaShawn in it and so many others, but just visit thezweigletter.com or go to zweiggroup.com and uh, subscribe to the Zweig Letter. It is totally free and uh, you will not be disappointed. That's all I have for you this week. I will see you very soon. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Zweig Letter Podcast. We hope that you can be part of elevating the industry and that you can apply our advice and information to your daily professional life. For a free digital subscription to the Zweig Letter, please visit thezweigletter.com slash subscribe. To gain more wisdom and inspiration, in addition to information about leadership, finance, HR, and marketing your firm. Subscribe today.